<laughs> Welcome in to the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. It's another beautiful evening here. I got my co-host, Uncle Buck. Uh, Uncle Buck, it is nice for both of us to be in the 662. We're not in the same house, in the same zip code yet, uh, but it's nice being back in North Mississippi. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Hey, man, good to be here. We're a day early because Rusty decided he was going to go see a Grizzlies game tomorrow night instead of keep our scheduled podcast date, but that's okay. You know, we are in the same zip code, uh, same area code, but we have not made it to the same zip code, but he is close enough to where I can smell him. <laughs> that's not necessarily a good thing either. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Uh, but, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm going to the Grizzlies game tomorrow night. It's my nephew's Christmas present. Uh, I promised him I'd take him to a game, and tomorrow night just fits the schedule. Plus, Dame Lillard's on a hot streak. It'll be nice to watch him play, be back in the forum for the first time this year. Uh, first time since we were there last year for the Zebo jersey retirement. Yeah, and that was a night to remember. That was a great oh, game. Yeah. And, and out of all yeah. the Grizzlies games I've seen, I don't believe I've ever seen Portland. I've never seen Dame play, and he is a bucket list guy for me. And we were going to go, but it looks like with my job being to keep the power on, uh, it looks like there's a good possibility that the power will be going out over the next 24 to 48 hours due to some ice. And so we're going to stay close to home tonight, tomorrow night. Yeah, you'll be missed. I'll be sure to let you know uh, how the forum's doing. Check in on the guys, the Stephen Adamless Grizzlies, and see Danny Green in his first game as a Memphis Grizzly. And and uh, hope hope Dame continues the hot streak, but that the Grizz continue their uh, twenty and three record. Let's go ahead and make it twenty one and three tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah. And Dame has had a really good year, but the team as a whole has not been very good. They, and so it's, they stink. Yeah, it's kind of that weird dichotomy when you've got a superstar playing at superstar levels, and you've even got really solid role players like Anthony Simons, who's just really coming into being a real reliable, really good secondary player there and just can't quite figure it out yeah something's missing in the team element of it dame's having a career year but yeah that team's just overall is not a great team but you know the grizzlies typically get everybody's best effort we've seen that in games against the pacers against the magic against the kings like when when you're one of the top seeds always get the best efforts you're always going to have that x on your back and so i don't anticipate anything else from portland tomorrow night other than their uh, their best efforts. So it should be a good game, but hopefully another home win. Yeah, fingers crossed. I hope you get to see one, not only because you're there, but because I just like seeing the Grizzlies win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. regardless of me, we want to see the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So we've got another draft tonight. This is becoming a staple of the podcast. And as the seasons wane on and we have, you know, as the summer gets here and spring and summer get here, we've got some baseball that creeps in and we've got basketball that winds down, but we may have some little time here in the podcast. And so this has become a little staple here that we've really enjoyed. And so today's draft that we're going to do snake draft is going to be favorite road trip snacks. And so Rusty, you just made a 10 and a half hour drive from South Carolina to North Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So you should be, you should have thought a lot about this because I'm sure you made a lot of these decisions today and you have the first pick because it's your turn. So won't you tell us who you're taking in the 101 for the road trip snack draft? Yeah, Drew. So this morning I left South Carolina real early, picked up some road snacks before too far down the road. And the first thing I stopped and picked up was my number one road trip food, and that's beef jerky. Always got to get beef jerky. 
Uh, I like, I prefer like the pepper, a little bit more spicy, but the teriyaki, the original, the snack sticks, uh, it's hard to go wrong with beef jerky in any way that you can get it. Uh, but beef jerky is my number one go-to road snack. You know, deer jerky, and I'm not a, I'm not a hunter. I'm not a hunter of any kind really, but deer jerky is incredible. And it's really ruined just the standard Jack links, slim Jim's vein of turkey of uh of jerky and so i like it you know i like my jerky to be really tough and chewy you know it takes a while to eat it you know or yeah or how you got it in middle school in the skull cans (laughs) you know the old gas station skull can beef jerky that was that was the best way to do it back before uh you know, when you were like 14 and you needed to wait another mm-hmm. year to start dipping, you know, we were in costume. If you didn't start at 15, yeah. you were behind, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, man. And I saw a funny meme today and it had a, it had a, a picture of that, the shredded jerky in a can, right, right. cigarettes, and then a little pipe that you blew bubbles out of. And it said, here kids, tobacco will kill you, but you look cool using it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Absolutely. And that's what it taught us is that, you know, yeah. your, your dad dips and you can almost dip or you can look like you dip by right. having skull canned beef jerky and you can slip in your back pocket and give your mom a heart attack. Cause it's happened oh, to all yeah. of us. So. Yes, it has. <laughs> so there's a, uh, you know, but for reasons I just told you beef jerky wasn't high on my list. Cause the beef jerky that we got, you get at the gas station just really ain't up my alley, even though it does serve a purpose and it's not terrible. Uh, but I only get five picks and it wasn't going to make the top five for me. So my first pick is what I get every time. And my wife and I, her, her sister lives in South Carolina and I've got an aunt that lives in East Tennessee. It seems like once every two months or so we pack the family up and we go for a weekend somewhere. And so we do a lot of traveling and we've got indulge ourselves in a lot of road trip snacks. And the first thing I look for every time is the biggest bag of bold checks mix I can find. Hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, I could take checks mix and if, if you don't want any of the checks mixes, I'll take them all. But the only one I eat is the bold. And I guess it's just adds a lot of salt and pepper to it. Just a little bit extra flavor. And, uh, the Worcestershire, I think it's, I think the secret ingredient is Worcestershire. Fine with me. Cause I love Worcestershire, but <laughs> this, this particular snack works well for me and the wife. Because I don't like those pretzels, and she could just eat a whole bag of the pretzels. So I just, <laughs> I just give her a little treats as I come across a pretzel. <laughs> yeah, everybody knows that the little the little checks and the wafers are are the best part. Oh yeah, absolutely. And uh, with my second pick, uh, it is my favorite snack. Period. Uh, it's what I get anytime I'm craving something sweet and I'm in a gas station. It's the peanut M and M's. Hmm. It's the superior way to eat M&M's, and if you had to get rid of the original M&M's, then that would be fine as long as I can keep the peanut M&M's. Yeah. Peanut M&M's are up on my list. They wouldn't be my favorite M&M's. We'll get to that in just a minute. Well, that's the difference between mine and your list, Rusty. The difference between mine and your list is my list is great, and your list is (laughs) average. So. so far, I'm off to a pretty good start with beef jerky. I think our <laughs> listeners will agree, but I uh, feeling pretty good about that. Well, go on with your next pick then. So my next pick is a good combination. I am much more of a salty guy. I like salty snacks. I like 
So I like all that kind of stuff. But sometimes I like that good mix, and a salty, sweet mix is hard to beat. And so my second pick will be trail mix. I like mm. it with like the M&Ms, the pretzels, the peanuts, all the stuff in it. Uh, I can take or leave raisins. They don't have to be in there. But I like a good trail mix. Walmart has the best one. It's a peanut butter trail mix. It's got like Reese's Pieces and little peanut butter, little chips in it. But trail mix is my next go-to. You see, uh, and Richards. you stole trail mix from me, but the elite trail mix flavor is that what is it called it's like a um it's like a sweet and spicy you know it's got the little oh yeah it's yeah. got the, the big nuts that are covered in like you know it reminds me of that caramel popcorn you get at christmas time yep. and then all surrounding that yep. is like spicy peanuts and everything that's the superior trail yep. mix and anything with raisins on it is garbage <laughs> real quick story <laughs> i got that aspect my friend <laughs> I, I got to tell you about this story about raisins. And so uh, my daughter was sitting around, my eight-year-old, sitting around and eating some raisins. And she just looked at me and she said, Uncle Buck, she said, I love raisins. And it's just so fascinating to me that they come out of dried blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, sweetheart, those are grapes. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So now uh, still on the clock. First pick of yeah. the third round, my third road trip snack is the superior M&M, and that is the peanut butter M&Ms. Love that chocolate-peanut butter combination. I know you're a huge peanut butter fan, uh, so peanut butter M&Ms would be my next choice of road trip snacks. Yeah, I mean, I do like peanut butter, but that's not the superior form of M&M. And mm -hmm. So I'm just yeah. going to – I'll just move on then. So – um, cause it's, it, I'm, I'm scared I'm coming across as being, uh, being a hater, but I just genuinely don't like any of these. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would just pick the other flavor. That's all it is. Um, go. I have got the bold checks mix and the peanut M&Ms. And next for me is just the standard greatest hit when it comes to gas station road trip food. It's the gummy bears. Haribo gummy bears, the biggest bag yeah. you can find. You can just pop, you can have a handful of them and pop them in just like Tic Tacs, just one after the other. Or you can be bold and shove the whole handful in your mouth. Then you're going to drool a little bit on your shirt. So <laughs> just however, whatever mode or whatever vehicle you use to get them to your mouth, whatever style, it's fine with me mm -hmm. as long as they're the Haribo gold pack gummy bears can't beat those those there's the the albanies are pretty good but it's hard to beat the the hair bows yeah it's the goat man oh took it off my list yep and i've got another pick here uh snake draft so i the my back-to-back -back picks even sneak up on me even though i know what's coming uh so the fourth round pick the first pick of the fourth round here we're going to do five um I'm going to go with kind of a niche. You know, if, if you've been, if you've had it, if you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. if you go to Love's, uh, Love's Truck Stop, and go to those rollers and get you those taquitos, and you can go get like three for $2 or something like that, whatever flavor they've got rolling and hot there, just get you a bag full of those taquitos, and uh, it can almost be a meal if if you... Lower your standards a little bit. You can call it Mexican food for lunch. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 
Absolutely. Used to get those at the Aggie Mart back in the day when I was in high school. They had those uh, usually pretty hot and ready, and so those are hard to beat, man. <laughs> right. Right. All right. So you're up. Well, you got All two right. more picks to round out your draft. Got two more picks. So, again, as I said earlier, uh, I'm more of a salty guy. I've got a couple sweets on here, but I'm much more of a salty guy, and so I love some chips on a road trip. But there's a very specific brand of chips that I like, and, again, this is probably a niche pick, but if you know, you know, and if you love them, you love them, and it's the Zaps Voodoo Chips. They are the greatest chips mankind has ever known. I recognize it's probably a niche uh, audience there like my sports movies last week. But I'm hoping those of you that are listening that agree with me will come out and vote and force it in force for our uh, on our social medias because those voodoo chips are the goat uh, potato chips. Yeah, the, I've never had those before. What what would you compare those to? So they're like a uh, they're like a Cajun barbecue. So they're kind of like a barbecue chip with a little not a, not a lot of spice, but enough to notice it. I'm telling you, they're very unique. Zaps voodoo chips. I have not introduced them to anybody and they were sad about it. So Yeah. Okay. Zaps well, voodoo I chips. guess I'll have to uh I'll have to check those out. Uh so I'm, I'm educating you a little bit. I've got uh let's see. I got one more. You got, I got one, one more, more pick. Right. I got my I got my fifth of the first of the fifth round snake style. You get the last my last pick, salty guy, not a big sweet guy for road trips. Helps me stay awake. Uh, my last one is the Smart Food White Cheddar Popcorn. In the big black bag, it's a staple of my road trips. You get that like cheesy kind of salty flavor. Gets all over your fingers, which is totally fine. Uh, you get to you know enjoy that snack a little bit longer, but make your steam a little sticky. But the Smart Food White Cheddar Popcorn is my last pick of the road trip snacks. All right. Well, I've... Uh... I've got a little bit of a, I've got a list here that, that just makes me hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't need these just for road trips. Cause I'm looking at this. I'm like, well, I mean, you could pair two or three of these together and call it lunch, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. but one that is, I would not consider just for lunch, but it is a, it is a solid road trip snack is peanuts. Just your standard, um, uh, spicy peanuts and you can go yep. get them in the bag and get like three for a dollar two for a dollar whatever it is go get you just a whole sack full of peanuts and it's real nice because you just yep. tear the corner of them you just dump them straight in your mouth you don't have to worry about making a mess in the car it is yeah it's an easy pick that i'm surprised that i was left with at the end yeah i thought about peanuts i got those in my trail mix but peanuts by themselves stand alone especially like i said those individual packs are, are hard to beat get you some honey roasted get some regular salted peanuts yeah. are a good choice honey roasted uh, honorable place. give me a couple honorable mentions i know you had a couple more then i've got a couple and we'll close out our lists um you know we didn't prepare much for this podcast so i kind of just uh shouted them out as i picked them as i've thought about them <laughs> uh which has made me a little bit surprised at how well i feel like i've done on this draft so maybe yeah. i just Maybe I'm just really good at, at road trip snacking, but, um, <laughs> you know, what didn't make my list, uh, sour worms is another one that mm -hmm. sour gummy worms. Uh, my wife, uh, I never buy them, but I always steal a couple of my wives when she buys them and those, uh, those sour straws, you know, my wife is a, is a yeah. child at heart, you know, she's a kindergarten <laughs> teacher. And so she, she shares a lot of the same appetite as a kindergartner sometimes loves those sour straws. <laughs> and so she has gotten in the car before 
and started drinking a Gatorade out of a sour straw. And I was just like, how old are you? You know? <laughs> and I think we may have lost Rusty. Hold on. Come oh, back to me. There we go. I'm back. I'm muted. I, that was my, I bumped my, bumped my mouth and I muted myself. Yeah. Sour straws are the way to go. Any kind of like Sprite or anything through those is really good. Um, for me, couple honorable mentions uh in the same vein of the taquitos i do love the lowe's hot dogs uh oh, just yeah. hot and ready rolling on there they're usually like two for 333 or something like that the lowe's hot dogs are good and then back on my sweet i don't eat a lot of sweets but the only time there's two occasions that i'll eat little baby snack outside of the oh, christmas trees they're I'll standing alone we've already it. addressed those but oatmeal cream pies on a road trip yeah because they've got those double deckers a dollar at the gas station and those just those slap on a road trip you, just you know what i give me that a cup of coffee <laughs> you know what i hit up for breakfast if we get off our you know head out early in the morning it's always a cup of coffee and powdered donuts that's my go-to yeah i mean those are, that's yeah. hard to beat man but for me it's 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 a cup of coffee and a morning road trip is a cup of coffee and oatmeal cream pie i also eat those during deer season like it's going out of style uh, me and my little Debbie's, I got a fanny pack that I hunt with and they're full of little Debbie's oatmeal cream there pies you go. and it passes the time. There you <laughs> go. Uh, but yeah, so that's our, our draft. So, uh, Drew, I took, uh, beef jerky with my first pick trail mix with my second third was peanut butter M&Ms. Fourth was the zaps voodoo chips. And the fifth was smart food, white cheddar popcorn. Yeah. And with my first pick, I took the bold checks mix followed by peanut M&Ms. Gummy bears, the taquitos on the rollers that loves gas stations and truck stops, and then just your individual packages of peanuts. However flavor you want to do it, mix and match it, whatever you want to do. The peanuts on the end of the aisle there at every gas station. You know where they're at everywhere. Yeah. That was my last pick. Consistent. Yeah. So, guys, again, please get on. We enjoy the feedback from the audience. Get on and vote on our social media. This will be posted when the podcast gets posted. And if we missed any, if we've got any favorites that if you got any favorites that we missed, drop them in the comments. Let us know what we missed, where we messed up. We love interacting with our fans. So please tell us where we were wrong, where we were right. Give us some ideas that we might have missed. Absolutely. And so we've broken the ice here on this podcast, a little fun, non-sports topic. So let's get into what we watched on Sunday. And I believe all of both of us, all of us, I talk as if there's a group. Nope. Just still me and Rusty. Uh, we both watched a lot of football on Sunday and watched the Grizzlies uh, kind of on, on at the same time as the late game. So let's start at the morning game. Uh Started off rough. We had the Eagles and 49ers. And in a game that I was both of these games, you know, I was big into that Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Bengals game. I thought it was going to be great. It's my favorite game of the day. But it was just a little bit sexier going into it than that 49ers Eagles game. And it just, the carpet was pulled out from under us quick, wasn't it? Yeah, it wasted no time. Man, I, I thought we were going to get a good game. Two great defenses, two offenses that are very efficient, can move the football with some great playmakers. And Brock Purdy early on, uh, the 49ers, first of all, in that first half had no answer for Hassan Reddick. 
He was an absolute menace off the end. He got to Brock Purdy early, hit him in the elbow as he was throwing. Turns out to have a UCL injury. That's com for those uh, don't know much about that. That's the Tommy John ligament that baseball pitchers right. often have to have replaced. And uh, looking at surgery potentially, but they're still getting some second opinions. But after that, man, the 49ers just just fell off a cliff. Insert Josh Johnson in his 13th 13th year league uh, year in the league, 15th year. I forgot I know he was his 13th team. Yeah, I know yeah. he was his 13th team. He, and he, if you're being he, honest with you, I could see it. I, I could probably remember a season where he played for more than one team in the same season. Yeah, he. I think he entered the league in like 2009. He was a pride of Kansas State. He was good in the Big 12. He was like Big Ben, body style, you know, big quarterback, threw the ball really well, but just it. he just didn't have it the other night. Oh boy, he looked like he was – he was there for the good time. He was he was on the team for a free trip to Arizona to the Super Bowl, hopefully, and hopefully going to ba- piggyback his way into a Super Bowl ring and play some good golf. And instead, they like, you got to play, brother. And he was not yeah. ready, let me tell you. No, and and, and yeah, he, he couldn't get the ball down the field. He wasn't making good decisions. The 49ers, you know, you and I were texting – I guess not everybody can play in Kyle Shanahan's system because he did not look the part at all. Well, and let's be honest here. When you're at your fourth string quarterback, everybody on Twitter was like, man, Josh Johnson sucks. Josh, I was like, I mean, come on. He is the fourth option for this team. They started out, (laughs) they started out with Trey Lance and he didn't make it a half. And then they had to go back to the whale. You know, they thought that they had finally broken up with Jimmy G, but they had to <laughs> go back and beg for forgiveness. And then for him mm. to get injured and then to go to Brock Purdy and the fact that he was even good as Mr. Irrelevant yeah. practice squad quarterback who nobody even thought about as an NFL player. Uh, you know, there was nobody that was saying, man, Brock Purdy should be playing like, no. You, you no. don't you nobody wanted <laughs> no. Brock Purdy to be playing. Nobody was banging that drum. And then for him to be good, I mean that tells me all I need to know about Shanahan's offense. But then yeah. you gotta go to the next guy. I mean, they <laughs> yeah. were talk they were talking about is Christian McCaffrey a better option? So or and, the uh the uh last name, but he was the other option. Oh, those are Yeah. Yushek, thank you. Yeah, he'll uh those are their other two options. Yeah, and and so and you couple you know, that. McCaffrey right? did. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, and, but you couple the fourth string quarterback with the fact that the Eagles had just decided, okay, they're playing a fourth string quarterback. We're just going to man up everything and just going to knock him as to the ground as many times as possible. And he was seeing he was seeing shadows, and when he wasn't seeing shadows, he was seeing defenders just knocking him out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. You know, Chris Caffrey did his best to take the heat off. He had that grown man touchdown run, but the Eagles smelled blood in the water, and they turned the pressure up. They manned up Darius Slay and those guys on the outside, and Hassan Reddick knocked out a second quarterback when he uh, sacked Josh Johnson and took right. him down hard, and Johnson's head bounced off the turf. He got that concussion, and so then what do you do, right? That's where they're talking about CMC. Well, all of a sudden, we see Brock Purdy warming up on the sideline. He's throwing the ball a little bit, like, okay, maybe – and he comes back and he throws one screen pass to Christian McCaffrey. And then for the next two quarters, they just ran the football and yeah. uh, essentially circled the wagons. It was one of those. He said after the game, it came out that he just, his arm went numb. And so he, mm-hmm. he was going to give it a shot because I mean, what, what else can you do? You know, it's the last game of the year potentially. So 
go yeah. give it what you got. You're going to have to have surgery one way or the other. Turned out what he had left was just not good. And what it turned into, it was it was a hard watch for the last half of that game, the last half of the third quarter on whenever Josh Johnson got hurt, really after Purdy got hurt, what we realized that it was over at that point. Then once you saw right. Josh Johnson get hurt, it was just like, man, this this just stinks. And good for Philly because, man, I'm telling you, I believe their biggest liability may be how good is Jalen Hurts going to be throwing the ball if you're putting him in a situation where he has to throw the ball. But, man, you're talking about weapons on weapons on the outside, and then the defense has just got playmakers all over the place, and they can rush the passer with the best of them. And so, you know, if you're looking at if you're looking at quarterback matchup, you're taking Kansas City – but if you're looking outside of that, I mean, can't uh, Philadelphia can line it up with the best of them. And shout out Hassan Reddick. He he is from Philly, played at Temple, and then went to Siberia. Got drafted to Siberia uh, to play for the Arizona Cardinals, and they just misused him for several years. And it turns yeah. out he's actually good, as good as we thought he really was. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Once he gets out out of purgatory got to assistant that works got some better leaders like brandon graham fletcher cox that could let him make plays and he has made plays and he is firmly in the defensive player of the year conversation this year just absolutely got after the quarterback and showed it again on sunday afternoon really just kept the pressure up all game and just kept the 49ers out of it uh shout out darius slay uh, graduate of mississippi state Really didn't do much uh, in high school. He was a three-star recruit. Went to Northeast Mississippi Community College. Drew and I both spent a little time there. Uh, yeah. Played a little football there before coming to Mississippi State. And then uh, going on to big things in the NFL. So big shout-out Darius Slay uh, and getting the NFC Championship. And then moving us on the second game. Had the opportunity to see who they would get to play. Drew, I know this is a game we were both looking forward to. We both were, were feeling the Bengals. But I was texting you a little bit heading in that I was a little worried about uh, – all the disrespect Kansas City was getting. What were your thoughts on that second game? Uh, I mean, that game was everything I wanted it to be, honestly. You know, Kansas City came out and hit them in the mouth. You know, uh, the Bengals got the ball first and were forced to a three and out. Kansas City's defense was, I think they sacked Joe Burrow four times in the first quarter. And so they just really popped them in the mouth early. And, Kansas City fought back like they do every time. And when it came down, you know, to sum up the whole game, you know, the Kansas City fought back. But when it came down to it at the end, when you've got one drive to go win the game, the best player on the field showed up, and it was Chris Jones. And he was just unblockable when he he got going. Again, man, Hailstead, product of D-line you right now. Uh, Oh, my God. (laughs) But – uh. Product of Houston, Mississippi. Yeah, Chris Jones was unstoppable. He uh, had two sacks early, had five quarterback hits. He had about six or seven pressures, ended up with about eight tackles. He just was all over the field, completely disruptive. And, I mean, a lot of it is Cincinnati's offensive line is not good. They haven't been great all year. Uh, it, was a, it was a repeat of last year's uh, Titans-Bengals game where Joe Burrow got sacked nine times, just got him beat up in the playoffs. And they're going to have to address nine that if they're going to and lost. And they still, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and still lost, which, but which they're going to have to address that going copy. forward. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. You talked a lot about, and I believe that there was a lot of bulletin board material, and, and you make a lot of that. And 
I tend to go the other way, and I know it's not popular, and it's a, it's a, it's something that's talked about on every sports talk radio ever. You know, Kansas City feels disrespected. They're going to come out with extra fire and whatnot, and and they did. It did come out, but my take on that is that fades. So you get out there and you're pumped, and you come out of that locker room, and what happens is is you get that pregame speech, and your t- your your coach tells you they don't believe in you, they don't do this, you know. They've disrespected you. They're calling this burrow head and going on and on and on. And they came out and they came out hot. But what happens when you manufacture excitement, you know, because the game is never won by excitement. But what happened is you manufacture that excitement and you peaked and you were better than them for the first half of the first quarter, if not the whole first quarter, because of that excitement. But what happened is then they started playing football and what Kansas City, they weathered the first punch and then realized, you know, we're just as good as them. And whereas Kansas city is hearing, well, they're not respecting us. They're calling this burrow head. We've never beat Joe burrow. They're being cocky. And the other locker room, they're telling themselves, this is burrow head. We own them. We're better than them. We've never lost to them. And so it goes both ways. And so that, that whole back and forth then, uh, just in my opinion, more times than not, evens out, and that's what you saw at the end of the game. Yeah, and you're not you're not wrong. I does like that fire early, and it can give you that extra ump. But at the end of the day, they're professional athletes, and if you need locker room material to get you fired up for a game, you got issues. But I do think, like you said, they came out a little bit hotter. It obviously mattered. Travis Kelsey addressed both uh, the Burrowhead controversy and the Cincinnati mayor. I like in, inject that in my inject. <laughs> My veins, man. Know your role and shut your mouth. Like we're watching WWF up there. Vince McMahon, oh, man. Well, the former owner, Vince McMahon, probably hopped on the phone after and was like, "We gotta get this guy." <laughs> you know, I was uh, I was out of my chair after when he finished. Know your role and shut your mouth. I was out of my chair, and then he caught him a jabroni, and I just ripped my shirt clean off. I mean, it was. <laughs> I was like, I would text you. I was like, that dude's got a career in the WWE. Yeah. He said jabroni. And nobody yeah. says jabroni unless you're a fan of the WWE. Unless you're in the squared circle. And so I could see him and his brother, Jason Kelsey, having a, a quite righteous tag team uh, uh, run in the WWE oh, after their NFL goodness. careers over. Yeah, the, the Kelsey <laughs> brothers. You know, I've oh never gosh. listened to their podcast. They've already got a podcast together that I it's see good. clips of pretty frequently. Uh, they're just characters. And I don't know if you remember when Philly won their last uh, Super Bowl with um, – Nick Foles championing the team right there. Uh, uh, Jason Kelsey, almost said Travis. Jason Kelsey got up there on the podium in a full-blown Mardi Gras outfit. It's the only way I can describe yeah, it with the, with the fluffy crown. Looked like the jester out there and just gave <laughs> a explicit talk to the oh, whole yeah. city of Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, yeah. Live streamed Absolutely. on ESPN. Yeah. But uh, but to the matters at hand, the the Chiefs ended up pulling away. I'm excited to see pull, or excuse me, pull out the victory. I'm excited to see what that KC defense and Chris Jones can do against a much better Philly offensive line. Because that Philly offensive line was dominant, and they play with a low pad level. They're a really good squad. Uh, Lane Johnson is hurt. He's got a torn groin, so we'll see how that kind of impacts him going forward. But really excited to see that. And like you said earlier, just a couple quick thoughts about the end of the game. You know, Joe Burr, Joe Shiesty, Joe Burrow, he's awesome. He's so much fun and swagger. 
but Pat Mahomes is still the goat when it comes down to that last drive. He makes, he steps up, he made plays that his ankle was obviously bothering him. He's probably 60% at, at best and just orchestrated a masterful couple of drives there late to get that win for that, get that field goal, which was set up by a great kick return and then um, helped by some untimely mistakes by Cincinnati. But Pat Mahomes, yeah. man, he is, he's the truth. He was an absolute warrior. And that's one of those games that you just, you look back on. I mean, that's the Jordan flu game. I mean, I don't think it's Absolutely. any, I don't think it's any stretch to think that just like we look back at that Kansas city Buffalo game last year, I don't think it's any stretch that in five or 10 years. We're looking back at this Mahomes game to see him lead that team in his fifth consecutive AFC championship game at that to yeah. do that yeah. with a gimpy wheel. I mean, it was just legendary stuff. And then you're right when when Chris Jones happened and and Cincinnati had to punt and then Sky Moore has that incredible return. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is do. this is over. Like That's I take I text yep. you at that point like it's over. But then Kansas City, I mean, uh Cincinnati showed a little life and they were left with a 12 seconds to get into field goal range with no timeouts. And on was it fourth down that Mahomes scrambled? It was, it was third. It was third, third and six or seven, and That's he right. gutted out that run. That's man. right, but because he had out the, that run. If he didn't get it, they were kicking a really long field goal, and right, and then he gutted out that run, and then right at the end, my guy just. I guess it was adrenaline. I guess it was the big fella couldn't check up in time, but just That's made. It a horrible horrible mistake and and i feel bad for the guy but as a person that was rooting for cincinnati i can if i was a diehard cincinnati fan man i'm not feeling bad for you at all <laughs> like like yeah uh it was just a horrible mistake and i i do feel bad for the guy i hated that they kept putting the camera and zooming in on him on the side oh, i know just yeah. crying like he lost a loved one i just yeah you, it's a mistake but, you can't make, and it's the thing is, is that's a first down, but there's only eight seconds left, and I don't believe they had any timeouts. And Butker is consistently amazing, but that was the outer part of his limit. In fact, uh, the guy that they had on the kicking was it AJ Feely? I don't, I think it was AJ Feely. Uh, he was like, yeah, go in this direction at 55 yards before the game. Uh, when he was warming up, he was short. And that's where he was at. And so he was going to have to kick that field goal if if he's just out of bounds there at the 30, I think it was about the 37, 38-yard line. You're looking at a 55-yard kick to win it, uh, and it's 20 degrees outside. If you don't have that penalty, maybe Kansas City runs one more play. I don't ever put anything past Patrick Mahomes. He, he may win it anyways. But if <laughs> if the choice is – you know, commit the foul and he's got a relatively easy field goal or not commit the foul and it's a 55-yard field goal, then yeah, man, that one's ultimately, that one's going to be on yours, on you. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel for uh, Os- uh, Osai or how you say his last name. Osai, I, feel for him I think. Osai, O-S-S-A-I, because they, the broadcast was just bragging on him about how great of a game he played. Oh, he had an he had, incredible he game. big plays, and they had just bragged on him. And then the next play, he had his momentum, and he couldn't stop. And it's one of those bang-bang plays where he said in the postgame, like, 
you know, he could have cut back up field and got some more yards. I didn't know. I didn't realize where I was on the field. And credit Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, he said, look, that's not what cost us the game. It was several plays that we had that we could have won the game. Yeah, that every one coach did is not going to say that. And, and yeah, he's credit right. him for saying that. He's, he's right. right. You know, that well, one thing that I – go ahead. The one thing I didn't care for was his teammate, Big 57, calling him out on the way to the locker room about why you got to hit the explicit quarterback, you know, and calling him out, heading to the locker room. Like, I appreciate the emotion, but I saw that on Twitter with him calling him out. And in the next frame on one of the Chiefs touchdown drives that late that I think gave him the lead or, or it gave him the lead that the Bengals ended up tying up. Um uh, Isaiah Pacheo, he just ran right through hit 57's chest. And so I was like, yeah. okay, bro, like you're calling this guy out, but you missed too. Like this is a team game. It's a team right. effort. That play sucked in the timing, but it wasn't the only one that cost him that game. And emotions are running high and it's probably something he wishes he could take back now. If I had to sure. guess, um, the refs as a whole were bad in that game. However, yeah. it's, it seemed like in the crucial times, it always went Kansas yeah. City's way, but Kansas City got their own fair share of calls too. Um, the the referees ended up being a real big story on that, and they no doubt yeah. did a horrible job. But I didn't right. leave that game, you know, as somebody who was rooting for Cincinnati, and I'm not a Bengals fan or a you know a homer. I was rooting for them, but I didn't leave that game thinking that the refs screwed Cincinnati. Um, no, I think the home field advantage screwed Cincinnati on that one call where they they the referee couldn't whistle loud enough to get the play dead you know but then yeah it ended up working out in their favor because the second third down attempt it went from an incomplete pass mm. to a sack and right. then they had a penalty and so it's just um, you know, had illegal hands of the face yeah and so Drew you know there's there's few certainties in life there's death there's taxes, and there's Eli Apple screwing up on the big stage. Talked about this last week on the yeah, podcast. That was, was that all on turf and it? on Twitter. And then on that play, on that redo third, the redone third down, he held and get Kansas City that first down. And so he didn't get cooked per se, but he got handsy at the wrong time, got called for that hold, and now joins his Buffalo brethren that he loved to call out on Twitter in Cabo for the offseason, which cracks yeah. me up. Those Cabo jokes always make me laugh. And he held Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and I know he was the best receiver they had left, but, I mean, if you can't stay in front of him, I mean, he's their fourth option, you know. Right. And so it's just the moral of the story is, my man, just keep your mouth shut, you know. That's it. I t we talked about this last week. Like, nobody gets all can, high and mighty on Twitter. If you suck, nobody knows your name unless you talk, <laughs> you know? <laughs> That's it. And we, we got this cycle, right? We got Eli Apple, and the, or the Bengals win in spite of him. He hops on Twitter. He gets cocky. His mom has to defend him. He gets cooked slash gets a poorly timed penalty, and the Bengals lose. <laughs> right. It's it's uh, it's Newton's seventh law, I believe. You know, it's the, it's yeah. the, <laughs> yeah, it's it. the uh, life cycle of an Eli Apple. Yeah, so we've got our Super Bowl set now. We'll do a more in-depth dive next week as we prep for the uh, for the Super Bowl. But uh, I like it. It's a good matchup. Eagles, Chiefs. Uh, I I think it's gonna be a good Super Bowl. We're in for. I'm glad it's two weeks away, so Pat Mahomes and Travis Kelsey can get a little bit more healthy and be ready to go. Yeah, I don't. You know, we we talked off air after that game about who we want to win and. 
my gut, my first reaction was the Eagles because of AJ Brown, but I still just have so much hatred for them going back to my Eli Manning giants games. And I just have, has there been an easier path to a Super Bowl before than what Philly has just went through? They got a bye, then they played the Giants, and then they played the San Francisco 49ers who lost their third string starting quarterback after one drive. I mean, yeah, they looked good doing it. And like I've said a hundred times, good teams beat bad teams badly. And that's what they've Mm -hmm. done. Like they can't, they can't do anything more than what they've done. Man, I just look at that and I'm just like, they don't have the scars yet in, you know, and Kansas city does never, 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 never bet against Kansas city. And if that Philadelphia Eagles line gets up to Philly plus three, I'm liable to go across state border and put my house on (laughs) Kansas city just because Mahomes and I'm, you look at their rosters, and Philly probably has a better roster. I'd say definitely yep. has a better roster, but Kansas City has Patrick Mahomes, and they have <laughs> Travis Kelsey, yeah. and they've got Chris yeah. Jones, and they are just freaking good. And don't ever bet against Patrick Mahomes. No, and they got the experience. They've been there. This is not, you know, this is the first time for Jalen Hurts, first time for AJ Brown. Devontae Smith has the opportunity to be only the fourth in professional sports football history to win a Heisman, a national championship, and a Super Bowl. So that's, you know, it's a neat little stat for a little skinny Devontae from Amite City, Louisiana. But I, I agree. Uh, so the Chiefs a just Heisman, got the dogs, man. A Heisman, a Natty, and a Super Bowl. A Super Bowl. Do you One know the four players? players? Do you know the players? Because I'd be a good bar trivia question I'd like to, to go for. But if you don't know the answer, we're not going to look them up. Maybe yeah, you come, I I, maybe well, that's hey, your homework. Stay, stay tuned for next week. We'll uh, we'll yeah. come up with those four players. Um, yeah, yeah just, a, just a, we'll, we'll guess on Gotcha. That. Yeah, it's a good little stat, but um, but yeah, we'll dive deep into the Super Bowl next week. I think it would be remiss not to talk about a little NFL news that happened today. Two big hires in the AFC. Uh, first of all, D'Amico Ryan's, who did an incredible job as the San Francisco DC. No time after they got eliminated from the playoffs and accepting a six-year deal to be the head coach of the Houston Texans, where he was the defensive rookie of the year, all-pro linebacker for a number of years in his career there after he was an All-American in Alabama. I met him at a football camp he hosted at Northeast. Just a really nice guy, easy guy to root for, and he had a defense strong in San Fran. So curious to see what he can do. He's going to have to make some good hires at OC, but uh, I like the hire for Houston. He's young, he's hungry, he's talented, and, and could be a good pickup for them. Uh, I hate that it's in our division, but uh, it's a good pickup, I think, for Houston and a good up, uh, step up for D'Amico Ryans, for sure. Any, any thoughts there? Yeah. Uh, very rarely. It seems like a lot of times, and maybe I'm just not as in tune with uh, coordinators as much in the NFL as maybe I used to be, but very rarely do you see somebody make the trajectory that he has. Whereas I couldn't tell you everybody's OC, but I can tell you that D'Amico Rhines was highly thought of as an, a linebackers coach. And then when he got the defensive coordinator job, they're like, man, that's a great hire. And then he's been a great defensive coordinator. And now he's made that natural progression to head coach. And everybody's like, man, this guy, it just feels like he is – made this he's made to be a head coach and yeah you're talking about this team was lovey smith away from having the number one pick in the draft 
But even yeah. having the number two pick of the draft, they've got the biggest war chest as far as picks that you can ask for for a head coach coming in. You can make the argument, even though they went 2-15 and 15 this year, that that's the most desirable job for a coach because it's in a weak division, and you've got a just a basket full of picks from that Deshaun Watson trade. Good right. picks. Uh, yeah. And so... And you've got, you know, you don't have the incumbent quarterbacks. You can go kind of handpick who you want to lead your franchise. And then you've got a bunch of picks to build around him. And, you know, they gave him a six-year contract, which is longer than most people get as a new head coach, especially an unproven head coach. And so, and he he is a former Texan. He was on those original Texans teams. And so for him, he's going to have the cachet with the fan base and hopefully with the ownership so where that he will have the leverage to and the time to turn this thing around. Yeah, I agree. Phenomenal hire for Houston. Got an opportunity to really turn it around, and I'll be for even a though they're a division yeah. that has just been trash since its inception. Yeah. And I, uh, I even though they're in our division, I will be rooting for D'Amico because he's an easy guy to root for. Uh, players love playing for him. He's a great coach. I think he'll do a good job there for sure. Where did he play college ball at? Alabama. He's yeah, he was the the All American in Alabama. Was that on those those pre saving? Uh, yeah, that was the Franchoni and um, uh, uh, the Shula era. Okay. Yeah. No, so after, no, sorry, it was the it was the Shula era. He was there like '04. He graduated, I think, in '04, uh, somewhere right in there. Uh, okay. But then in the the big splash of the day, the Denver Broncos have hired all the uh, in the Fox NFL show, former head man, a Super Bowl winning coach in New Orleans. They had to negotiate a buyout or a trade clause with New Orleans team, and he is now paired up with Danger Russ Wilson in Denver to see if he can turn around that sinking ship. It what was a dumpster fire this year, and. This is a great hire. I mean, I yeah. rooted for Sean Payton since 06. I believe it was – uh, Katrina was in 05, so I guess that's the year that he, he got the job. Him and Drew Brees came over right after Katrina. And rarely do you – you mean, when you talk about offensive gurus and geniuses, you know, you look at the lifespan of even uh, Wonder Boy um, at Dallas. Uh, remind me, I, I just went blank. He Kellen just took – Kellen Moore, he was the offensive genius. He was the best to do it. He was the guru, and he's already kind of got – he's already agreed to part ways with Dallas in the lifespan of being the guru as fast as the NFL changes offenses. You can get left behind quick. But Sean Payton and Drew Brees stayed at the forefront of offensive football for over a decade, and yep. he basically he gave it up once Drew Brees gave it up because who would once you've had the run you've had with Drew Brees why would you want to start over? And right. you know there's more to that story we've touched on before where he was colluding with Tom Brady to get to Miami. But he has sustained just an incredible uh, a reputation as an offensive coach and a great quarterbacks coach and he goes to Denver where they have decided, and there's really no proof to say otherwise, but they've decided to throw everything at the feet of Nathaniel Hackett. He's gone after one year. Wiley regarded as the worst year of coaching in NFL history. I mean, just did a terrible job. 
And they've decided that, you know, of course, what other option do they have? I mean, you've got to pay Russell Wilson one way or the other. So they have right. they have thrown him to the wolves and saying, we're going to go. We're going to find out how good you are. Have you lost a step or are you Russell Wilson that we've, you know, seen perform at Seattle for a decade and been a, a top quarterback in the NFL for over a decade? So we're going to give you right. Sean Payton. And if he can't fix you, then you're broken. And so, right. You know, Denver was a sexy pick for a Super Bowl contender preseason, and yeah. I'm, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I believe if anybody can get it back out of Russell Wilson, it's Sean Payton. Yeah, I agree. He's got I weapons, this, too. He does. Judy, That's Cortland, Sutton. That they're fairly talented. They've got a good young tight end. They're fairly talented. Defense is going to need some help. Uh, they need a little help on the offensive line, but he's got some decent weapons. And this, you're right. This is them saying, Russ, if, if you're going to cook, it's now. We're going to give you what you need to succeed. And if this ain't it, then we're going to have to cut bait. But I, I think it's a phenomenal hire. And what's a fairly strong division with Kansas City, uh, the Chargers and the Raiders there, I think it'll help kind of lift them up into that second position. And if anybody can turn around, it's going to be Sean Payton. He's got the track record. He, uh, you know, I think it'll be a good hire. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if Sean McVay is uh, – I'm, actually, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong division. Anyways, that's the AFC. But, yeah, so yeah. Uh, and th- Denver's got that – I've talked about it with the Nuggets, and they've got that built-in home field adba- advantage being a mile high. And yeah. because it's hard to play there, it's hard to get adjusted there. And so yeah. I'm, I'm a Sean Payton believer. I hope the Saints got everything they could out of out of Denver. They haven't – announce like the trade the trade the contract mm-hmm. isn't official yet so it hasn't leaked out what compensation the saints are going to get for him but i mean mm-hmm. i hope you get a second round pick i mean something valuable yeah. for him i mean mm-hmm. you're, he's still under contract so he's got to be traded or you know the the uh mickey loomis the saints gm came out and said you know we're treating john payton as an s asset just like we do any other player i mean he's under contract he's Mm-hmm. You know, with for lack of a better word, and this isn't a quote. He's our property, you know. So you're right. gonna have to buy him from us, you know. Right. Yeah, and so hopefully, yeah, I agree. Hopefully, they get something good back, and I think it's a good fit for sure. But we'd uh, be remiss if we didn't talk about our Memphis Grizzlies for a little bit, getting back on our winning ways, and nothing cures a bunch of road woes like a homestand. Grizzlies yeah. came back in in dramatic fashion. And uh, got a big win on Sunday, as we talked about earlier, watching the late game. Grizz got a good win over a uh, a pesky Pacers team that we kind of had a slow start with, but picked up late and uh, found a way to get a win, Drew. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies had a rough go of it. They lost five in a row on a five. They went over five on a five-game homestand, two of which the games were duds and three were down to the wire. And, I mean, we just didn't get the bounces how we wanted them. And... Uh, sure, there was there were slumps there, but the the a five game losing streak has looked a lot worse before. And like you said, mm-hmm. the cure was a game at home where they're twenty one and three on the year, I believe, or twenty and three on the year twenty so and far three. at home, twenty and three at home. And so that's that cured it. And Indiana popped them in the mouth quick, and I was real nervous about it. But uh, in fact, it was going on. It tipped off about the same time as the kansas city cincinnati game and so i was like i'm not gonna keep up with the grizzlies getting getting run out for a six consecutive loss i'm gonna right. just keep up with the score and 
put all my time and energy into enjoying this Kansas City and uh, Cincinnati game. Uh, but then I got notified that uh, start the third quarter, they went from 13 down to one up. And so I was right. back in and, and they just really put the pedal to the metal and choked them out in that fourth quarter. And Ja had a triple double and Jaron had 20, I believe Jaron had 27, Ja had 28. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was crazy and it's the first time this year that it's happened. Ja played 41 minutes and Jaron played right. 38 minutes for a man who is just being barbecued by the media saying he's just he's got that reputation of fouling out every game and it's just not true uh he played 38 minutes and taylor jenkins whether he wants to admit it or not treated that game as a must win game you don't play jaw for 41 and jaren for 38 minutes on a sunday night at five o'clock against indiana unless you consider that a must win gotta have game and they got it yeah and it, it wasn't um, it was really the John Jaron show. We got nothing from Dylan again. I struggling shots weren't falling. Tyus had not one of his better nights. Like it just was not a all around team game. And John Jaron just had to take over. You know, you hate to see, like you said, us using him that much in the game against Indiana at five o'clock Sunday, but we needed the victory and our, our, our horses stepped up, got a good starting BC started in place of Steven Adams. He had 13, um, the only other Grizz and double figures were uh, David Roddy off the bench, who had a very good basketball very, game. Very Give credit where credit's game. good. He he stepped up. He played solid defense. He got big buckets when they mattered. And then Tyus, the double, you know, he scores double figures just about every night when he's out there uh, and points off the bench. But again, it wasn't a pretty team win, but our team stepped up when we needed them. Uh, and 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 Jaron was just incredible, blocking shots all over the court, really just altering every possession frustrating <clears throat> indiana's bigs we looked apart and hopefully that'll continue we've got a home game tomorrow night against portland as we talked about we got a game at cleveland on the back-to-back uh, before returning home against the raptors on sunday so there should be at least two winnable games that cleveland on a back-to-back is going to be tough but I heard today, I was listening to some stuff about the Grizz on my drive down here, and, you know, we'll get Danny Green back tomorrow night. It'll be his first game in a Grizzlies uniform. And then with a back-to-back, you know he won't play Thursday, but there are some rumblings that Desmond Bain could be back for that game in Cleveland on Thursday. So fingers crossed we get to see uh, Bain back in a Grizzlies uniform Thursday night in Cleveland. Well, and you know how I like to track injury reports for the Grizzlies and kind of feel like I've got a, a, a pretty good feel on what's happening uh, they did release the injury report for tomorrow night, and Danny Green, which we know was playing, he's came out and said he's playing, and Desmond Bain are both listed as questionable. So I think that's good signs mm-hmm. that they will at least be back. If they want to stagger them, which I wouldn't blame them, you know, have Danny play mm-hmm. tomorrow night and then have Des play on Thursday night, then, you know, I can see that. But mm-hmm. questionable typically means that, you know, Questionable the day before, they're going to really give them an opportunity to play on Wednesday nights. And I hope so, man. I'm I'm traveled all this way, going over there to watch him play. I'd love to see uh, Desmond suit up. But again, even if they staggered him from a long term perspective, I don't hate that plan. Give Danny a night off and let Desmond step in and take over. But now's the time we'll find out what we have with Danny Green. Is he going to be a trade piece or is he going to be that that three and wing defense guy that we need to help push us into that next tier of teams and help us on our on our hunt for the playoffs yeah i'm gonna say that i'm i'm drifting more and we'll see i'll more 
I will have a more firm opinion on what I think we should do uh, middle of February at the trade deadline after I see Danny for a couple of games. But seeing how we shoot the ball, I think that you can't really give up Danny Green unless you get just an, a shooter that can yeah. is proven to shoot it in an elite clip that you can play heavy minutes. If you don't do that, then I think you got to keep him and get another B-list shooter to go along to add mm-hmm. bench depth. Yeah, which we'll get into more trade talk as we get closer to the deadline. I, I agree. I think we should kind of see what we what we have. Um, I think there are some players out there that we can go for. You know, we've talked about OG. We've talked about uh, Beasley. We've talked about Gary Trent Jr. on this podcast. And I think there are some options out there. But I just I still feel like, and I heard it, we are the best rebuilding team in the NBA. I don't know that we're going to make a move. It'd be nice, you know, to, to do that. But this team is still looking in the future. We're ahead of schedule. I think we're still as the front office sees it based on their move, we're still a couple of years away from a, a huge championship run. And, you know, I, I don't know that we'll make some trades, but I think it all kind of starts and finishes with what we have in Danny green. I hope that they don't think that we're a couple years away. I hope they, instead of trying to put your best foot forward in two years, I hope they're doing whatever they can to lengthen the window. That's wide open right now. This is the first year. Last year, we were the two seed in the West, and if we would have won the whole thing, it would have been a shock to everybody, including me. We had the second-best mm-hmm. record in the NBA. We were the two seed in the West, but we weren't ready yet. This year, mm-hmm. even though the team hasn't changed much from last year to this year, it's another year with the same guys. And so I think that w- the window is wide open for us in the West. I mean, you look, the best team in the West is Denver, and they haven't proven that they can do it either. And so uh, I think that uh, the front office should be trying to lengthen the window instead of trying to put all your best push. Don't wait two years to push all your chips in the middle. Do what you can. Maybe not push your chips and all in. Don't go all in on this year, but do what you can to maximize this year while also extending that window because when that jaw extension kicks in and then you're going to have to pay Dez his extension, which they're going to do, uh, money's going to get hard to come by now. So yeah. lengthen the window instead of, you know, kicking the can down the road. I don't disagree. It's like I said last week, man, verbatim, like, I hope we don't look down the road. We look back and go, that was our year because I think right. this year could be if we get healthy at the right time. We're a three and D guy away from really making some noise. You know, the 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 West is deep this year, but we're just as likely as anybody to come out. You know, you're looking at a at a pretty tough matchup at that set that two seven. But at the end of the day, they're all going to be tough in the West. We all know that the best team is in the East, but the West is deeper. We need all the help we can get to make a deep run, and I think we can do it. I think this is the year that we make that deep playoff run, but we're going to have to pick up somebody that doesn't screw up the team chemistry, like you said, that B level, because like you bring in a guy like OG from Toronto, and he's going to be a guy that could come in and start. You know, I heard today. Do we? You know, do you? Start- we lost Rusty there for a second, but I believe what he's getting at here is. Do you start Dylan Brooks or do you start OG Ananobi if OG gets if OG is traded? And what I hope you do there is you do move uh I don't know. I go back and forth. Do you want Dylan to be your lockdown defender and then close depending on the situation, do you close with Dylan or do you uh close with OG who who is a 
great defender in his own right, uh, but more of an offensive threat as well. So I guess we'll see. Uh, I think Rusty is glitched out on us right now. So I'm going to just go ahead and close down the podcast. I enjoy everybody. I hope you've enjoyed the, the podcast and I'm glad that y'all have tuned in for us this long. Uh, stay tuned because me and Rusty are going to be in the same house and going to Hey guys, sorry for the technical difficulties tonight, the glitches, and then it shutting down early. Being in North Mississippi, my dad's internet is not quite as reliable as I thought, uh, but I, we appreciate y'all's patience for sure. Thanks for being here uh, and listening. Please give us a like, share, and follow on all of your favorite podcast platforms as well as social media at the number two buck sports podcast uh, on Instagram and Twitter. And please give us a review on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. I think I can talk Uncle Buck into a cameo video to the people who are our first reviews on those platforms. So give us a review. I'll get Uncle Buck to do you a shout-out video, and we'll definitely give you a shout-out on the podcast. But thanks again. Sorry for the technical difficulties, and we'll see you all back here on the next episode of the Two Bucks Sports Podcast. Yeah.